Welcome to CII Podcasts. The discussion today is really about India and its future. And it's with somebody who, you know, it's, uh, I think truly represents what India has been, what it is and what it will be. And really privileged, uh, Sanjeev, to have you here with us. Dr. Sanjeev Goenka is the chairman of the $7 billion RP Sanjeev Goenka Group. And his inclusive agenda for India extends beyond his 50,000 employees to also over 500,000 shareholders who have benefited from you know, different investments in his group companies. Uh, he represents the youth because he was the youngest president of the Confederation of Indian Industry, youngest ever president of the Indian Chamber of Commerce, and of course the president of the All India Management Association. Uh, Sanjeev has also been the chairman on the prestigious board of many IITs, especially IIT Kharagpur, IIT Gandhinagar, and has consistently been, you know, amongst the 50 most powerful people in India for over seven years. And I think only getting stronger, both in his uh, business profile as well as what he's contributing to India. And most importantly for this conversation, Sanjeev who is also the chairman of the India 75 Foundation. You know, the, the group that has really been working over the last 15 years to not only envision what we have achieved, you know, here at India at 75 in Amrut Mahotsav, but today also working really hard to put together a vision for the future of what India can be in 2047. And I think this is a ground up approach. It's where we are having conversations across multiple stakeholders because the India of 2047, you know, has to have the aspirations of every Indian from different aspects of society, all stakeholders across the country and from overseas who are interested and believe in the future of India. And I think that's this exercise that we are doing. So thank you, Sanjeev, uh, for joining us. I know you're jet setting all over all the time. And finally, we are able to get this hour together and we'll try and make maximum use of this. So welcome, uh, Sanjeev, uh, to this uh, chat. Thank you, Rajan. It's, it's, it's a privilege to be here and thank you so much for having me. So Sanjeev, maybe to begin with, you know, I was just, you know, thinking that maybe a good way to start, you know, was to really hit on this India at 100 subject, right? I mean, if we really want to achieve an inclusive, you know, developed India, uh, and I think each power, each word is really powerful, right? Inclusive, developed, really what? What do you really see are, you know, some of our key enablers, right, to to enable us to, you know, to give ourselves a shot to be uh, that that in that position in 2047? You know, I think, uh, Rajan, quite honestly, a lot of uh, enablers have been addressed in the budget. Uh, ease of doing business. Uh, the reduction the tax burden, the focus on infrastructure. Uh, there are so many features in the budget which address it. So as a nation, probably two, three things are important. One, of course, is the infrastructure, which the Modi government is absolutely hell-bent on creating. And they're creating centers of international excellence. Uh, this whole thrust of renovation of airports, creation of more facilities, connectivity, roads, rail, air, actually creating smart cities, uh, digital uh, enabling, 
plus the simplification, plus focus on capex. Uh, so I think these these are brilliant enablers. But having said that, as India Inc, I think maybe we need to reset scale. So right now we think of uh, increasing capacity by 25%, 50%, 100%. So we think incrementally and maybe time has come. And I think the leadership of this country is saying that think exponentially, not incrementally. Uh, and I think this is a change in the mindset. You've had a couple of industry captains who've actually followed this, who've constantly redefined scale. But now I think we need to do this with much greater resolve and we need to do this as a body of investors, one. Two, as a nation, we haven't invented, uh, we haven't really invested adequately in research. And yes, it is true that some companies have and some sectors have, but by and large, we haven't yet done it. Uh, so I think this is very important. Uh, until we have IPs, until we create products, until we are innovative, until we are inventive, we are not going to rule or lead. And I think resetting scale, getting into research in a big, a big way, creating new products and technologies. I think these would be the three pillars in addition to all the enablers that the government is undertaking. I think, I think you raised some very, very strong, you know, enablers and, you know, what you rightly said, I think the budget has kind of laid the foundation and the building blocks for all of these, especially giving direction even, you know, around say green power, green, you know, uh, hydrogen and, you know, what is happening with youth and so many of those seven priority areas that, you know, that came up. But I think most importantly, I think Sanjeev, what you're highlighting is that we have to now, you know, I think as a country, we always used to talk, we've moved from a country of aspirations to one of self-confidence, you know, Atman Nirbhar today. And now how do we really use that self-confidence, you know, and India's position geopolitically, globally in the world to really propel ourselves, you know, at an accelerated scale. And I think we see a lot of pockets of excellence in India, but to really see that happening at scale is, is a great vision, dream, you know, for this. But, you know, to really make this happen, while you said, you know, there are certain select uh, members from India Inc., you know, who have become bold with their decision making, making investments, doing that, you know, the government and industry really need to kind of work very closely together, you know, to really see that impact happening, you know, across India and India's impact on the world, right? Any any thoughts you might have on, on what could be some of those, you know, areas in which we can strengthen and build that as we move forward, you know, over the next 25 years? You know, I think we can do it in multiple areas and I do not believe we should confine ourselves to one, two, three, four, five areas. There are lots of areas. I mean, I'll begin with a, with a different kind of foundation. If we were to skill our people adequately, 
we could actually do a lot more and and whereas a lot of work is happening in skilling maybe the next 5 years we'll see a lot more skilling happening two uh i think when i talked of research i also talked of enablers for research for example let's look at ayurveda which is a proven indian over centuries kind of medical treatment system but there isn't enough documentation there aren't enough colleges which produce the vets there isn't enough data to give confidence to the youth to consume these tested and tried medicines which are natural as opposed to having chemicals uh, so i think one needs to work holistically and if one took a 5 year 7 year vision it's distinctly possible i heard the finance minister talk about millet in the budget and i've heard the external affairs minister say that like quinoa became a world grain uh the intention is that millet becomes a world grain that's the way we need to think as a nation we need to think 3 years 5 years 7 years ahead and how do we actually rule the world people are getting a little uh, disillusioned with china sorry disillusioned is a strong word and i'm saying it with in quotes but this is an opportunity for india to become the manufacturing hub of the world so the ease of doing business all the initiatives the decriminalization all the steps that the government is taking is going to help towards this and i think a manufacturing hub a research hub a skilling hub and where we can actually become the bowl for giving the world its skilled manpower it the talent as it is you will see lots of indians heading the largest multinational companies in the world and that just shows that we can do it for the first time since independence thanks to prime minister modi every indian holds his head high every indian walks the world with dignity with respect and i think so therefore lots of enablers are there they have been created it's now for us as india inc to actually take it forward and you know i i think what you you use the word that the world is you know disillusioned with china and you know while we are today talking of a china plus one strategy and trying to see how india fits in i think the true vision for india at 2047 is when the world talks of an india plus one strategy right i think that's that's really the journey i think what you're saying we need to traverse with indian products with indian you know uh, price points right the affordability we can bring you know constantly driving the price performance curve because of the scale that we have both is domestic consumption if we can build that capacity you know to cater to the world both in our people services manufacturing i think we will truly unlock the 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 potential of what you know india india can be and and i think you you know you hit all of these points and you know it's it's interesting because we have been having some of these conversations you know sanjeev and and we say india will become a global power in 25 years right i mean what we can do is how do we accelerate that process how do we turbocharge that how do we align multiple stakeholders you know to become that and then what would that position be you know for india you know we use 
a word, you know, like we will dominate the world, right? So somewhere in the superpower, there are words that have been used is that we will be a super partner to the world because that also instills what India truly is, right? We are, we believe in, you know, uh, taking humanity as a whole along. I mean, even if you see the G20, you know, slogan, which Prime Minister Modi and the government has put out is, you know, Vasudeva Kutumbakam, right? How do we really bring the world together uh, as we move towards 2047? So, how do you see India really, you know, what's that role, right? If we were to say, yes, we are working towards this way of global leadership, why we will speak in, you know, different aspects of it, but the global power, what we talk of India, how do you see it unlocked? You know, over the 25 years. You know, I actually, I don't know whether I'll be around 25 years later, but I actually see India ruling the world. You know, I mean, uh, and this is that confidence that the Modi government has given us, that we can do it. And along with the we can, we will do it. I think that is that important thing. So it's not only a belief that it's possible, it's the confidence that we share. And I think this is that motivation that a true leader does, that a captain does. And uh, I think it's a unique opportunity and these kind of points or situations come once in a nation's history. And it's been created by this government. I think it's really up to the nation to take advantage and give back to the nation what it deserves. Yeah, the opportunity actually say come with once in a you know lifetime of mankind like literally so many young people coming out you know one in ten people is an Indian under the age of 25 so if we look over the next 25 years they're going to be part of the employable workforce both in India and globally and you know find different ways to to change and shape the you know the world so you'll definitely be hail and hearty because technologies are making sure that we will all live you know longer lives ayurveda wellness all of these will you know take you know us to to to, to where it is but you know how you see this all these technologies right there are so many new technologies coming in you know i'm sure you're also at, at business level at group you're looking at so many different aspects right whether it's ai blockchain how are these technologies i mean i'm just curious you know, is there some technology that stands out for you, you know, for the future, you know, some some area, is it wellness that you think which will define how, you know, people will interact and things like that? You know, just see how it has changed uh, over the last five, seven, ten years. Uh, and now you get used to some technology and before you're used to it, there is something new. And before you're used to that, there is something even newer. So I think it's it's all about speed. It's all about connectivity. It's all about data. It's all about artificial intelligence. And soon that will become a way of life. Uh, and I think it's a question of how we can take advantage of that because that's what the world is going to operate on. I mean, speed, scale, technology, data, these will all become the cornerstones for competition or competitiveness or uh, innovation. Uh, and there was a time, a few years ago, when our own company developed uh, a product called Karva, uh, which was a musical product 
completely digitally, technologically enabled, developed in-house, researched in-house, innovated in-house. And it's something that uh, it's, it's like an old radio, but has 5,000 songs, which you can play at the switch of a knob. It would have got the innovation product of the year kind of award. It featured in many shortlists. But because we were from India, and because India did not at that point in time have that stature or that respect or that dignity, we did not get it. If it were today, under the Modi regime, that situation would have been different. And so I think it's a unique thing the Prime Minister Modi and his government have given us. Dignity, self-respect, recognition uh, across the world. No, you know, you're talking of music. I, I, I know the product they're talking of because, you know, in our digital business, we also are doing a lot with the regional music, you know, like Bhojpuri music, for example, you know, taking that to the world. We have a, you know, joint venture with some large American companies like Warner and others. And I fully agree to what you said. What you had created was for the older generation, for people who, you know, want simplicity of use when it comes to listening to music and putting them into a, you know, high, high enjoyment, entertainment zone. On the other side, we have this burgeoning, you know, young people who are engaging through multiple devices, you know, with music. You know, we are at that perfect, you know, cross-section in a country where we've got you know, unity and everyone who comes here, you know, says there's music, there's cricket, there's sport that unites us, you know, like very differently, but very few countries can boast of. At the same time, it also enables us to do so much more globally. You see now, now even sports, cricket, a cup three years ago or four years ago, star sports redefined broadcast. Today, Geo is redefining it like nobody else has ever done. This is, I mean, look at their broadcasts. Look at the way they broadcast sports. It's all 4K. I mean, so you're sitting in your home and you're getting a live cricket broadcast on 4K. I mean, uh, it's just changing every day, every month, every, you know, it's, it, it's a newer thing every day. Uh, and that's 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 the good thing about technology. And I think when technology combines with areas like sport and others, not only can you use that technology to get better at the sport, but you can also, you know, use that to to do so much more. Right? And I think that's going to really change a large part of the positioning probably that even India has, you know, uh, in, in in that area. And I know. Sanjeev, I'm, I'm going to move into that subject because I know you're truly passionate about sport. I mean, you've made the bold decision of the cricket team you acquired. So much you've done for sport in this country. I mean, you know, you are literally the icon when it comes to, you know, how India, you know, can really build a strong or be a strong sporting nation. Right. And I think maybe we should spend a few minutes there to capture your thoughts. Like, how did we get there? Right. When we look at us ourselves at the world stage, Really, you know, where where do you think and how do you feel we can bring more laurels, you know, uh, to our country? Because while we have the the you know the broad base participation in the sports ecosystem, right, at a global level, right, I think that excellence is somewhere where we can definitely do a lot better than what we are doing. So, some thoughts around that. Quite honestly and sadly, 
facilities in the country are not exactly what they should be. If you take away cricket, look at most of the other sports, whereas they are a lot sight better than they were five years ago, but they're still not what they could or should be. So you have huge amount of talent, which is not trained professionally. They do not have medical facilities. They do not have uh, physiotherapists. They do not have dietitians. They do not have access to these people. So they do not know what kind of a diet they should be following or what kind of exercises uh, uh, regime they should be following or where do they train. Uh, and you've heard of many of our Olympic stars saying that we've trained on roads, on kacha roads uh, and so on and so forth. And I think so it's about creating the infrastructure, which the government is certainly doing in right earnest. It's about creating medical facilities or or camps or uh, like for cricket, you have the National Cricket Academy in Bangalore. Uh, you know, uh, the Jindals have created a huge academy in Vijayanagar. Uh, but I think more of these need to come up and they need to be available in all parts of the country. Uh, Yesterday, I read about one of the national hockey team players who was working as a laborer in Northern India. And uh, somebody from the Hockey Federation saw him there and now has given him a job in the sports ministry. So if the guy is thinking about how his next meal is going to come and he's working as a laborer, how is he going to train? How is he going to excel? So the moment money came into cricket, India rules the world of cricket. India excels and you know, it's producing cricketers by, I mean, as many numbers as the rest of the world produces and each one of them is exceptional. But I think we need to do this for more sports. Uh, we need to create these facilities. We need to create the infrastructure. It's a tall task. For several years post-independence, quite honestly, we did precious little. It's only in the last eight, nine, ten, eight, nine years possibly that we are taking steps towards building the nation. Uh, we have a lot of catching up to do. Uh, and I think that's happening. But uh, so definitely by the time we get to India at 100, yes, I think you will see all this happening or have happened. So you you'd actually feel corporate India should play a, a much larger role in shaping the sports say ecosystem in India by investing in infrastructure and all of that. Who are the other stakeholders you feel who need to kind of come together to create this movement besides you know corporate India? Because you know you're very integrated, right? So you probably have a closer view on how to shape that. So you have corporate India on one side, you can have state governments on the other side. You can have the central government on the third. I mean, it has to be a collaborative effort. Then you can have the medical fraternity, uh, the hospitals, the doctors, you know, and then you have training facilities. So you have vocational training. Uh, you Today, you don't have places like you have the Nick Bolletary uh, Tennis Academy in US and several others. You do not have any training academies for sports in India. And many of the Indians who are skilled in sport cannot afford to go international for training. 
one of the cricketers of my IPL team had a major injury and despite him being an IPL player, he couldn't really afford his uh, treatment. So, of course, if you're an IPL team player, you get funded and you know all that gets taken care of. But there must be so many people who are talented but who do not make it to the next level because of injuries and because of lack of facilities and because of lack of treatment, because of lack of finances. So I think it's about actually just creating that whole infrastructure and, and it's happening and I'm digressing from sport, but it's happening in, in the field of, for example, religion. The 10 temples that are being built in India, uh, Kashi Vishwanath was one example, Vrindavan is another one and there are 10 such things. Each one is going to be a world-class destination. I think that's the vision that the Prime Minister has and he personally takes interest in these things that whatever you create, you create a world-class destination. Tourism, for example, he's created this thing at Kau, what is it in Gujarat? Kavadiya, uh, where you have this massive thing and now four or five star chains are going to invest in hotels there. They're already getting 50,000 visitors per day. Uh, now, you know, it's about actually creating the infrastructure and the rest just follows. Yeah, you know, for the rich history and culture that we have as a country, I think our tourism is a massive opportunity you know, if we get the infrastructure and the industry organized and the good part, Sanjeev, there is there are great global practices that exist, right? And a large part of the rest of the world is really looking at also investing in India to help build that, you know, and I think all of these will create a lot of jobs, will, you know, enable, uh, you know, far better movement in mobility and livelihoods as we talk of, you know, our per capita, you know, livelihoods are still much lower than many other parts of the world. And I think all of that can help, you know, sharply trigger that which i think again brings us to that same point it is about the young and the youth right i mean again you know skilling them you know taking their mobility upwards when it comes to their income you know doing the right things and we're a country of young people and you know you've always been associated with youth and i know even in our interactions you know you've been such a champion of so many initiatives of young people so when you look at the youth of india and you're telling them about the next 25 years what's your message right how how do they participate in nation building what's your message to young people of india you know where what do you think when it comes to you know their role as we move forward self-belief self-confidence uh self-assuredness i mean literally the talent is there capital is there just believe in yourself and go ahead and don't be scared of failure you're not going to succeed every time you will have failure but more often than not, you will succeed. And look at the amount of uh, unicorns that have been created in the last one year. Uh, who would have thought that India would have had so many unicorns in the space of 12 months? Uh, and that is a tribute to the Indian government encouraging entrepreneurship and the Indian youth who's taken the bull by the horn and they've actually decided that let's go ahead and uh, let's demonstrate what we can do. And there has been no shortage of capital as we have seen. 
You know, and it's Indians who have done that around the world, right? So some of the largest companies in the world today, the trillion dollar companies are all technology companies and we know the sweat and blood of Indians and Indian engineers that has gone into building that and today, like you rightly said, even the leadership, you know, is coming from Indian leaders. So why can't we do that out of India, right? I think that's your big point. Also brings innovation, technology, ability to, to change things. So, you know, but when young people, when we talk to young people, right, they, you know, on one side, you know, they, they believe they can take risks, they can, you know, make this happen. You know, what's, there is the other older generation that earlier, of course, used to push them into more stable, stable jobs because, you know, we have a quite disparity, right, in our country when it comes to, you know, income, etc. How, how do you see the, the young person, say, from a tier two, tier three city today, because you're also dealing with products and services in many of those versus, you know, the urban youth, right? How, how many of them are really, you know, willing to participate and sacrifice and give a large part of their lives to see the nation develop ahead of them? You know, are those values still there? How do you see that shaping up, you know, especially when we go towards uh, India at You know, there are some sections of youth who are willing to dedicate themselves, but a large section of the youth I think are quite impatient to succeed. They're impatient to make a mark. And uh, there is a desire, there is an ambition, there is a competency. And therefore they see no reason why they should be held back. I think that's a key part. And and what about the you know the 40, 49 or 50 percent of the women population of this country? Right. You know, how do we, we probably, you know, have the lowest statistic when it comes to, you know, women in the workforce, young women of today, you know, coming. How are you, you know, even as the, as a group uh, at the business level, how do you see that role, you know, shaping up uh, in India? You know, today, diversity is, is one of the key words. It's a buzzword. Uh, equality, gender equality is, is important. And frankly, you have so many examples of women who have achieved as much, if not more than men. So frankly, to my mind, whether it's a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. The competency matters, the capability matters, the ability matters. Uh, and when you're recruiting Rajan, of when we are recruiting, we certainly don't say this position is for a man or a woman. It just goes to the best candidate. And you see that change happening across the country, across the world, and India actually Absolutely. playing a role in shaping that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and I think I, I, I completely, you know, agree with you that that's really the, the, the changing India, you know, what we are talking of, whether it comes the empowerment of the individual, right? Changing with the access to technology, access to democratize, affordable access to, you know, the smartphone and sector which we have created, you know, as a building block to enable all of this to happen. You know, and, and ultimately, really, when we talk of, you know, 2047, and I think you, you rightly mentioned, Sanjeev, is that India will rule the world, will, you know, become uh, like a global superpower. But that truly means that we have to have leadership qualities, right? I think at the end of the day, you know, leadership is going to be such an important part and leadership gets defined 
in so many ways right it's not really about the leader it's about the people who follow you know do you have just a clear thinking head and clean working hands or do you need a warm caring heart as well to really champion that both and it applies across you know whether you're in business or leading a country you know so how do you see that leadership and you know given that india you know historically was a global leader i mean if we go back thousands of years india really gave direction to the world right and for us to you know come back to that position how do you see leadership at the country level you know and across you know cross sections how do you see that shaping what's what does leadership mean to you uh, in this new context you know uh, you can already see prime minister modi taking the lead in so many global decisions uh in shaping the world order uh the g20 presidentship is 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 uh, one example of uh, many such instances where he has taken india to a position of leadership to a position of respect uh you've had two indians in the top 10 wealthiest individuals in the world which was inconceivable 10 years ago uh you've seen india ruling in sports cricket for example men's cricket now women's cricket i mean just a couple of days ago we won the world cup for the women's under 19 cricket so it's about leadership is about actually to my mind not only catching up but about leading in thought leading by actually uh by product by by delivery by execution uh it's just excelling uh and i think that's the example that the prime minister sets for the nation uh and that is what we should all all be doing you see that leadership becoming broad based across the country across states across the country uh, you seeing that happen it's beginning to happen it's definitely beginning to happen uh but i think it's it's the beginning of a new india it's the beginning of a new phase of a confident india of uh, an india which is instilled with self belief and confidence so i think you will see this propagating a lot more over the next 3 4 5 years Yeah, you know, as we talk of a twenty-five-year marathon, I think we also have to talk about the three, four, five-year sprints, right? You know, the five-year measure ourselves. So, you know, given where we are today, Sanjeev, and this is more out of the budget, you know, that came out yesterday, and you know, the the you know the uncertainty in the world, you know, coming out of a pandemic, the wars, everything. You know, what what concerns you in the short term, right? About about india is there something that you feel that we should necessarily prioritize over other things right especially when we want to look at the immediate short term is there something in that comes to your mind you know maybe a few years ago uh, like 10 years ago i would have said there might have been some issues but i think largely those issues are getting addressed and now it's it's really not the right time or it's it's no longer the time for us to actually nitpick it's it's a time for us to move ahead and nothing is ever going to be perfect anywhere in the world 
but by and large it's a question of actually just getting your act together there is enough tailwind to propel you forward and just move ahead mm. and and sectorally you know like from your own business group you know because you are you operate across diverse sectors do you see that happening across all of your areas any specific areas that are you know probably more opportunistic in the near in the short term than others you know i think the opportunity exists across i mean maybe in the immediate term a little more on the basic core sectors like steel cement green energy clearly i mean but you know i think across literally across everywhere i mean the opportunity is just so massive that one just needs to go out think big plan finance execute now that's such a powerful you know thought and i think if that can be serve as an inspiration to to so many others you know who are looking at what india can be in the next you know 10 years i think this is this is it right this is the 10 year 25 year way to to develop thinking i know sanjeev i don't know how our time is running and we can keep going on uh, talking and i'm and there will be a, there are a few questions that have come to me but and we'll have probably just 5 minutes to do that but before i get into that you know my last question to you is you know when you when you dream right when you you know you sleep and you dream and you wake up you know what's that dream for you for india you know like when you something i know you've talked of so many exponential changes out of the box so if you were to define that image right in that dream what is happening what how what would you say is the india of 2047 yeah what's that how is that dream just give us a, a india <laughs> india rules the world that's it as simple as that yeah i i r t w yeah maybe that's that's your message <laughs> no no thank you thank you so much sanjeev for for all of those uh, you know comments i i, I just the, the first question you know that has come and you you have mentioned about you know investments in 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 capex uh, you know being triggered by this last budget uh, do you really see uh you know enough investment coming alongside government which is investing in infrastructure from the private sector absolutely uh i think it's the first time when i go around uh, corporate india and i speak to people uh in in uh, post covid for two years people were cautious they were rebooting they were reinventing they were actually consolidating now everyone's talking expansion so i think you will see as much as you see the government invest you will see a lot of investment coming from private sector i think i think you're absolutely right and it's across you know sectors uh, you know you talked about ayurveda and about other areas in which india can you know create a position in the world but what are some of the soft powers that you think india can use to ensure and strengthen its global position If we see India is already strengthening its global position compared to nine years ago, we are a much stronger power than we were. I said this earlier in the chat that for the first time, at least in my life, uh, when I go overseas, I am treated as an Indian. I am treated with respect and dignity, which for all these years never happened. So I think India is making strides. Uh, 
and if if we really want to rule the world which i am sure we will there is some way to be covered but we are in safe hands i mean uh, the leadership of the country is brilliant now i think again a very very strong uh, point there i think someone from the vc industry uh, is a question is that you know with improving performance you know that we are seeing uh, across uh, indian companies as you mentioned uh, do you think that there is a need for you know larger infusion in terms of global capital private equity and you know how do we create a stronger credit ecosystem uh, in india you know capital is actually available for good ideas uh it doesn't mean that every idea will get capital but the ca- the idea has to be good it has to fly it has to make commercial sense and look at the way all these unicorns even before they became unicorns got funding so funding was never really a constraint uh, and they got much more funding than conventional industry would have ever thought of dreamt of getting uh so i think it's about the product it's about your business proposition and so you're getting funding at all levels so you get funding for chota ventures you get funding for medium ventures you get funding for larger thoughts so i i i i actually believe that yes always there is scope to improve but capital is not in constraint at this point in time next one is on sports <laughs> it's about like why you are yourself invested in cricket and others which are some of the other sports that you believe will uh, you know will emerge out of india uh, strongly over the next few years well i think over the next 25 years certainly football i'm not sure about football becoming uh, india becoming a global uh, player in football in the next 5 to 7 years uh, but we are already better than where we were i think olympics we are getting a lot many more medals than we've ever got and with that with the renewed trust on training and the government's focus on this uh you will see uh, a lot many more uh, uh medals and i think sports therefore uh so i think literally there's so much talent that india can pretty much dominate everything i mean the only area where we probably may not be able to dominate is basketball because we are not 6 feet 7 inches 6 feet 6 inches naturally genetically but almost everywhere is we have the talent and let, let me add to that sanjeev you know there are new sports that are emerging you know like e sports for example where the world will compete for a medal at the olympics or at the asian games on an electronic version of the sport and you know we are involved in that and especially electronic cricket and others are probably sports that the world will compete for a medal on and i think india will have a great opportunity to create new sports you know participate in new sports that will also emerge while we continue to strengthen you know our position in in what we have done so far and i think you know uh, we've completely run out of time and bang on time and you know i think that probably defines you know also sanjeev in a way of all that you have captured right that you know we have achieved so much we are in such a strong position today and especially in these last few years we've seen the momentum build up and if we don't accelerate and you know tap into all of these opportunities today i don't think we'll be doing service to the world as a nation you know as we as we move towards you know india at 100 uh, sanjeev it's been just 
such a lovely uh, experience chatting with you as always uh, enriching and you know uh, so insightful uh, you know as we have spoken but thank you again uh, you know for sharing your thoughts and your vision for india at 100 and i'm sure we'll continue to work together with many others uh, to see how we can play our role to make that happen uh, thank you thank you rajesh for having me i enjoyed it thank you lovely likewise thank you all the best thank you thank you for listening to cii podcasts